morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to all of our assembly family, to all those who are watching on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. We welcome you to times of refreshing at the assembly this morning. Hallelujah. We're here to praise and magnify God, and you can do that right in your living room, right in your home. Can you just lift your hands right now and begin to magnify Him and glorify Him? Give Him the fruit of your lips this morning. Bless His name. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. I said, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. His loving kindness endures forever. Come on and sing praises to Him this morning. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We give your name praise, God. We magnify you. We glorify you. You are good, God. You are a good Father. You are a good Father. You are good to us. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We invite you to dance. We invite you to sing on this morning, to clap, to shout, and bless and magnify our God. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Say oh this morning. Oh, 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 oh. Say oh, 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 oh. Let me hear you all cry. Say oh, 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 oh. Say oh, 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 Say healer. Healer, mender, master.
Waymaker, Waymaker, here 
visiting us and we're so glad to have them this morning. Let's make them feel welcome. What heaven's going to be like. Oh, it's so good when you come and get with family and we all worship together and love the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I was thinking about so many people that have stayed at home and, and they've allowed an old spirit to come in. And that spirit is fear. Afraid to get out. Afraid to get out. They're afraid something's going to happen. That's Satan's business. And right now it looks like he's winning, doesn't it? But we know the rest of the story. We know who wins. And the Lord said in his word, Have I not commanded you to be strong and of a good courage? 
Don't be dismayed and frightened and alarmed and discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. And you're not getting ready. You're not going to go until the Lord says it's your time to go. Christians, rise up. Rise up. Yes. Rise up. It's time for church. It's time for the church to get together and bombard heaven. It's time for us to rise up and not be afraid. Oh, this is so good. My goodness. I thank you. I thank you for all you've done and all that you will do. He's not forsaken us. You're faithful and I'm grateful. Lord, I thank you. You've been better to Of this glorious, glorious thought. 
not impart, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Let's do a chorus now, team, it is well.
Assemblies of God, although the Assemblies of God is a good organization, but he's here because we've come to worship him, to magnify his name, to glorify the Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just before Pastor comes to the pulpit, I'd like to pray for those who are suffering all across our land and in other places as well. Would you join me? Join your faith together with mine. Heavenly Father, we come so thankful that you have been watching over us. We bless you for it. Father, you know those that are struggling today, those that are suffering today. We could list a whole list of things that would cause that. But you know them all. And we simply ask you, Father, that you would stretch forth your wonderful hand across this country, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My friend and brother, Burton Andrew Ross is coming to speak to us this morning. Take your Bibles and be ready. all you want to do is uh, just marinate how many of you you're out there you're sitting at the table you're sitting on the side of your bed you're sitting in the living room watching with all the family you're here in the auditorium and you just feel that presence of God to marinate. You know, he doesn't have to. He, he does not have to. He doesn't have to come. He does not have to show up. But aren't you happy that he has? Aren't you happy this morning that his presence is here? Aren't you happy that the glory of God is here? That he decided to grace us with his presence? I want to take a moment just to not just only thank our worship team for the, the glory of God that they have prepped the atmosphere for and brought in introduced brought just 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 beckoned holy spirit to come in but that was followed by the awesome worship atmosphere that continued from our wonderful wonderful family members that have come to visit us we love you thank you One of the, whew, give, give them a hand at home. Give the whole worship team and our friends a hand.
One of the worst things and one of the most exciting things that can ever happen to a pastor during a service is to have the glory of God come down in a peculiar and wonderful and heavy way and then introduce someone else into the atmosphere and immediately you feel like the balloon got popped. That's deflating, that's disappointing. But all the euphoria that you feel when someone else comes with the same spirit, with the same anointing, and almost says to you directly, God can move anywhere at any time with anyone that is open, and here he is, and they bring him even more. Oh God, I thank God for that. <laughs> thank you so much, thank you so much. We have not said anything about our just wonderful church, the assembly, every visitor, every friend, every member uh, that is a part of this wonderful, wonderful God-ordained organization called the assembly. You have not just been uh, lip servers, but you have completely humbled myself and our leadership team by how you have stretched your faith during this period when faith has been attacked. You remember Job? There's a template there. God released him to, to, to tempt and, and try and test Job. The first thing he does was take away his stuff. The coronavirus, I believe, has been a test for believers first about your stuff. I've heard it over and over again from many, many of my pastoral peers that as soon as the coronavirus hit and it started to affect our econo economy and jobs began to be lost, that it swept through their congregation. And they were asking me what to do. And I said, guys, all I know is 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. That if I, God, allow pestilence to come, if I allow economic pandemics to re be released, if I allow social unrest to happen, if I allow pestilence to attack the land, if I allow hopelessness to sweep through the entire landscape, if my people, if my people, not the guy 
who is not saved. Not the guy who is drinking and smoking and cussing, committing fornication and adultery, murder. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, let me pause. You can pray without hearing from God. You can pray a one-sided prayer where all that happens is you talking about what you need and what you want. And I believe that's why the verse said, humble themselves and pray and seek my face or seek my voice or seek my reply. And turn from my wicked ways you pray and then you listen for God to speak and then you get up from your prayer and you turn away from stuff that he points out he said I will look down from heaven I will come I will see and hear you I am going to transform things on your land and I am going to deliver you personally. I'm saying that because I know that God has been doing this in many churches, but I've seen our folks, you that are on our broadcast, you're watching us from home. You're sitting and you're part of us that you have stepped out in faith and you have continued to support. You have continued to support. You have given sacrificially. When everything in your life has told you not to give, you have listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit and like the woman and her son that listened to the prophet, you have invested and continue to invest and say, God, I've only got enough for one more cake, but I'm going to trust you. And because of that, our church has been able to continue not just paying bills, but we have continued to support the over 30 people on the ministerial mission field every month. We have not skipped. In a time of lack and famine, we have continued to support those on the field that we cannot, where we can't go. We have continued to invest in our community, the manor house, and others where people are still coming every day, even more needing food and needing help and we have been able to continue doing that we haven't skipped a beat as we prepare to give I just want to commend you and tell you that myself and our leadership Pastor Ron our deacons have been crying out to God on your behalf and saying Lord 
We don't know when you're going to bring relief. But what we do know is that you can bring provision for your people. We don't know when you're going to bring relief from the pandemic. But we know you can give provision for your people. And so we have been praying, God sent provision. God sent provision. God sent provision. Thank you for continuing what you've been doing and supporting. There are three ways to give. It's on your screen. And we admonish you to take advantage of it. You can text. You can mail in. You can get on our website. Put a reoccurring tithe and offering gift. Whatever God directs you to do. As a senior leader, I just want to tell you that I know it's God. It's not me. It's not Pastor Ron. It's God. And we are humbled by how much God has been doing. Would you give God a hand for being so good? Can we sing How Great Thou Art? That sings my soul. As you are giving, we're going to just sing How Great Thou Art. And then after that, giving you just a minute or two to text and set up your giving or hit the send button we will go into the word there is a word for you and sing Father, as we go into the, the meat of our service, your word, the instructional portion of this day, Father, I submit myself to you. 
I lay myself prostrate before you and I ask God that you will use me as your mouthpiece that your anointing will flow through this feeble vessel and you will communicate to your people every word that you have ordained directly from your throne I must decrease and you must increase it is the only way that your word will come alive and be activated in the homes lives and community that I address father I thank you again for your word thank you for the service Thank you for allowing us the freedom to meet. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe there's a word for us this morning. We have... Uh, dealt with the unrest. I addressed it last week and I am not going to re, uh, readdress any of it except to say that in the midst of uh, what started as a, a physical health pandemic which turned into a social or economic pandemic which has now turned into a social pandemic. We have not had uh, as severe a collision of all three of these things. I don't believe in the history of our country where each one of them was as severe and impacting as the other. We have not had that. And now we're here. And all I'm going to say is history has proven that whether you are in the majority or in the minority, you will not enjoy prosperity unless God gives it to you whether you are in a majority or you are in minority you will not enjoy prosperity that is lasting eternal prosperity outside of Jesus any more expounding on that I ask that you listen to the sermon from last week on our website This morning, what I'm going to share is so important that the only way after looking at different things about the presentation, the only way I could get my hands around what I think God is saying is to reference three different specific individuals in the Bible as you know 
Any good preacher can almost pick a name from the Bible, look at the circumstance the person was in, look at the environment, the culture, the historic surrounding, and actually come up with a God-given word to his people from that one person or one piece of text. But to pull from three different lives and three different portions of scripture is almost too much for one message. But I will attempt to do that because I believe God has something that he wants to tell us. I've tussled with what to call the sermon and about the only thing that I could come up with is where are the vigilant? Where are the vigilant? Before we even put it on the screen, I'm just giving the name of the sermon uh, so that you will have something to kind of grab on to as we read our text. Can we go directly to Judges? Chapter 7, we're going to read Judges chapter 7, verses 18 through 23. And then, if you have your pencils at home and you take notes, which I'm hoping you do, so that you can study the Word of God, you're not just a Sunday listener, but you are a through the weak hearer, that you have your pen and pencil, and immediately after Judges, we will go to Ezekiel 22 and read verse 30, and then immediately after that, we will go to Isaiah 66 and read verses 6 through 8. Judges 7, 18 through 23 from the New King James Version. When I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on, a, on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him to the outposts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. Then they torch in their hand and the trumpets in their right hand for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. 22, when the 300 blew the trumpet, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia, 
towards Ziraha. As far as the border of Abel Meholah by Tabath. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, Manasseh, and pursued the Midianites. I'm going to stop there. We're going to talk about the rest of it. Ezekiel 22, verses 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. But I found no one. Keep a check there. Isaiah 6 verses 6 through 8. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hands a life coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity has been taken away, your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us. Then I said, here am I, send me. The word vigilance is seldom used as an adjective today. In our daily conversations, you don't normally hear people using vigilance anymore. And if they do, uh, it is about military action on a nationwide level and always has somewhat of a bitter sweet taste to the sound of it because of its application. It means to keep careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. It means possessing or showing courage or determination as a watchman. It means a willingness to stick one's head above the crowd for righteousness and justice. It means standing straight as an ambassador for God and holiness. We tend to use synonyms like brave, Heroic, fearless, bold, daring. But all of these mean vigilant. Today's message will allow me the seldom taken position of pressing you and I to look carefully at the contrast in behavior of God's own people at different times and the glaring results in their lives. My objective is that each of us will ask ourselves, am I 
vigilant? Am I vigilant? Am I vigilant? In Ezekiel 22, I would like you to read that entire chapter when you have the time. We have a lot of messages today where the pastor or preacher delivers the word and never gives instructional homework for the people or laity. And uh, we wonder why we have immaturity. Well, there are several reasons for spiritual immaturity, but I believe one of them is that a lot of churches and pastors do not give the believer instructional direction. So that if you don't go back and read and study what has just been shared, it doesn't fall on the pastor anymore that you don't have a good understanding. It falls on you and God knows it and sees it because you were given the directive to do so. But in Ezekiel 22, God carries on a very lengthy conversation indicting Israel of the sin that it was committing in the city of Jerusalem and in the country as a people. God carries on this lengthy conversation and he says, this is his people he's talking to, his physical people, Israel. And unfortunately, I believe he's saying the same thing to spiritual Israel. You and I today, the ones who have been grafted in, he says to them, this is a bloody city filled with violence and murder. The worship of things is the new religion. And the priests are the foremost breakers of the law. Rape and lewdness is normal. The conspiracy of the prophets and preachers the priests being the foremost breakers of God's law and making it a joke. There is wholesale robbery in government and wrongful oppression, social injustice and mistreatment of the poor is rampant. This is God's indictment of his people, his people, in Ezekiel 22. And I'm going to reference it and just read the first two, two or three verses, so you, you, get a, you get a taste for what I'm saying. But then he says what we read in 2230, after indicting them with all of these things that they were not doing, he says, so, in the midst of all of that, I sought for a man or a woman among them who would make up 
the moral and spiritual wall that was broken down. The ethical and righteous parameters that were set by me that have now deteriorated and have gaping holes in them. I searched for a man who would make up that wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the rest of them. I want you to see that. I'm searching for a man or woman that belongs to me that will stand in the gap for the unbeliever. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So God is unfair, isn't he? It looks like he's unfair because he's not indicting the unbeliever. He's indicting his people for not representing the souls of the unbeliever. In intercession and prayer. Oh, you think that's something that's, that's sudden or it's out of the norm? No, 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 no. Second uh, uh, Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. If I allow famine and pestilence and earthquakes and everything bad that can happen, if I allow it to happen, if my people, he says it again, will humble themselves and pray and then listen to me talk and then turn from their wicked ways, I will, I will, I will. I will come down, I will see what's going on, I will come down and I will intervene in what's going on, I will come down and I will bring restoration to the land and I will deliver you out of it. But he's looking for one man. You know, it's amazing to me, in the midst of all of the things that have been happening, and most recently, our social pandemic, and I am absolutely for it. It is the way things have always been done. It's the best way to not to take violence out, to take looting out, to take all of the law breaking out, which God speaks against, and said, if you can only protest, Walk in protest and pray. I am going to intervene. I'm going to do something. Looking for one. It's amazing to me, is what I was about to say, that while the call went out for protests, and we should, I want you to hear me well, we should protest injustice wherever it is found. We should change laws that bring bias to any particular race or people. You could, but, here's the but, here's the but. History has proven it and it is recorded in the Bible. 
when all of these things are done, if God is left out, the injustice will show up someplace else. You cannot correct the injustice without God. You cannot fix the issue with social activism without God. You cannot bring healing to the land by conversation and communication with each other without God. Any of these things done without God fully involved from the top to the bottom will result in the same historical blunders that followed the Roman Caucasian Empire that followed the Egyptian Afro Empire that followed the Medes and the Persians of the Arabias. Every one of them tried to lead and dominate the races that they had conquered without bringing God into it. And none of them were successful. You know the only success we find in the whole world? It comes out of the Bible. It comes out of no other holy book. I am sorry, I am not, I am not slamming any other religious entity. But I, I challenge you wherever you are, whatever religious entity you belong to, to show me a delivering God in your book that functions with such great ability to bring the underclass, the underprivilege, the minority into prosperity like the God of Israel. I am challenging you to look through your own holy book. And if you find someone that was able to bring the kind of deliverance God continued to bring throughout the Old Testament to his own people Israel, when they did what 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 15 said they should do, I challenge you to show me the same results. Even when Israel was in Egypt, under oppression as a minority, when they got to the point where they began to cry out to God in humility, when they began to pray and seek God's face for deliverance, when they said to God, there is no other God but you, He suddenly started to multiply them and make them rich within their minority status. They started to prosper as a minority. If you are any minority in our country and you intend to talk to me, who is himself a minority, about changing the laws and changing this and changing that and you don't end up at bringing God fully in to the conversation I challenge you to keep trying and you will you will not have success 
Okay. So, God indicts them in Ezekiel 22, the entire chapter. As a matter of fact, here, let, check this out. Ezekiel 22, uh, let's see, we've got, whoo, time is flying. Ooh, there's so much word here. Ezekiel 22, verse 1, I'm just going to read about three verses from the beginning. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel saying, Now, son of man, I will judge, will you judge the body, the bloody city. Yes, show her all her abominations. Then say, thus said the Lord God, the city sheds blood in her own midst that her time may come and she makes idols within herself and defiles herself. For you have become guilty of the blood which you have shed and have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. You have caused your days to draw near. Drop down to verse 9. In you are men who slander to cause bloodshed. Violate women who are set apart during their impurity. And it goes on and on until he gets to the very bottom in 30. And he said, in the midst of that happening among my people, I searched for a man. One man or one woman. Who would be vigilant to keep my instruction? Again, Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. Here's the thing about my God that I want to bring to your attention as I move forward. That when it comes to the promises of God's word and the Bible, I don't care if you're the only one in your race that's vigilant towards the things of God. I don't care if you're the only one in your family that's completely and totally committed towards the directive of God according to his word. I promise you, if you will just hold on a minute, if you will just stand firm and not be moved, you will emerge. David said, I was young and now I'm old. And before I walk off the stage into glory, I just want to tell you, I have never seen righteous folk forsaken by God. Nor did I ever see their seed, their children and grandchildren suffering in poverty after they had committed to follow 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. Oh my God. I know I, I'm, I, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I want to get into the, the masses. Anyone that is listening to me, the thousands that are right now, that these social activities are good. And God, Jesus, says that you, if you are a believer, should be active socially. He did not call you to live like a monk. He did not call you to isolate yourself into some place and just have all us Christians living together. When his, when his, just one example, when his own disciples, as he was ministering, suddenly brought to their attention that taxes had to be paid. He said, whoop, 
Time out. Stop the, stop the train right here. Render unto Caesar the government that which is the government. It belongs to them. The laws have mandated it. If you are a believer and you are playing around with the law that governs taxes, do you understand that it is not they've been stealing from me all these years, I'm going to steal from them. Do you understand that you are absolutely on the other side of the Bible if you do that? And I could go through several other things, but we're going to stop there. So he talks to them in Ezekiel 22. And then we see the opposite in Isaiah 6. So in Ezekiel 22, he's looking Seeing all of the things that we read about, and by the way, everything that was mentioned in Ezekiel 22, I see it in our country and in our world. I see it in our country, in our world right now. And the question again is, are you one of the vigilant? Are you one of the vigilant? Are you going to be the one that says, I don't care if my family doesn't follow Jesus right, I'm going to do it. I don't care if my, my husband or wife doesn't walk with God according to the word of God, I'm going to do it. Are you going to be the one that absolutely stands in the breach for those who need salvation and help and don't even know it? But then again, we have Isaiah. So we go from Ezekiel saying, God couldn't find anybody to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah says, <clears throat> in Isaiah 6, then one of the servants flew to me, having hands full with a life coal and ticket took the, that he took with the tongues from the altar and touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquities are taken away. Your sin is purged. Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who shall go for us? Then I said, Woo! In Ezekiel, we can't find one soul of all the believers in Isaiah We've got Isaiah doing a couple of things that allows God to choose him. The word vigilance comes to mind again. Comes to mind again. Now on this side of Isaiah in chapter 7, there's a man who until the moment of acceptance of God's call to be more to be greater, to be vigilant for God, was content with being an average believer and just a follower. He was, he was content with being just a prophet, not a mighty prophet. Just a leader, not a mighty leader. Because he was focusing on somebody in government, in politics, in the presidency, and believed 
that there was some kind of hope. As a matter of fact, here is what got me about the, the Isaiah prelude. Is that Isaiah lifted up Uzziah the king to a place of idolatry and did not know it. That's what, that's what gets me. Because what I see, I saw it when President Obama was elected. I've seen it when President Trump has been elected. That because we have lost sight of second, oh, I'm going to keep pounding it in. Because we have lost sight of Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 15, Every time the new guy gets there, Christians and non-Christians alike are exuberant with hope. Something is going to change. Something is going to happen that's phenomenal. That's miraculous. That has never happened before. Those words cannot be used outside of God. Nothing miraculous happens outside of God. Nothing eye-popping happens outside of God. Nothing truly historic happens outside of God. It has just blown my mind to hear believers on each side of the wall unable and unwilling to say I am a strong Democrat but I am against abortion and it's a sin God did not say you have to be Republican or Democrat what he said is you have to be righteous and righteousness says you can be a part of a culture but not practice the sin of the culture. With the poor or with the needy or just the fact that I feel that you're not empathetic. You can have feelings as much as you want, but I am telling you, black, white, yellow, pink, or green, you will not see, you will not see, you will not see long-lasting change for the betterment outside of God. Isaiah, has unbeknownst himself, he doesn't even realize it. He has lifted this king, this godly king, who he was at the time. As a matter of fact, I believe God allowed him to run away with his pride as king so that Isaiah could get a wake-up call. Because he was doing so much for God and he was so complimented by the people around him that, that, that he almost forgot that it was God that made him king. And God said, I'm not going to let anybody accept worship but me. And God lowered him. He became sick and diseased. 
And bam, when he died, all of a sudden Isaiah suddenly realized, I have made an idol out of honor. You can honor the position of president where anyone, God says it, it's the only way you can pray. It's the only way you can pray for your leaders. And do it with the love of God in you. If you cannot pray with the love of God for your leaders, you are not following the law of God. And so you've got to empty my, I've got to empty myself of all of these things and say, God, I don't know what your plan is here. In my eyes, this guy looked like the worst thing I've ever seen. But I believe you. I believe your plan. I believe your ability to help. I believe your eyes to see into the future. And I believe you to bring me into my wealthy place. Isaiah got to that place and he said, Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Remember I said, humble yourself and pray. This is the man of God, the prophet, the leader, being sidetracked. And all of a sudden, when Uzziah dies, the king, he suddenly realizes what he did. And instead of continuing along that part, he makes the correction. Are you going to be the vigilant one that makes the correction this morning? Are you going to be the vigilant one that makes the, connect, the correction this morning? Are you going to be the vigilant Christ follower that makes the correction this morning? Okay, we've seen both of these I've given you examples. I'm closing with Gideon. Gideon says about himself, here's this, God finds him hiding, trying to thresh corn and get some stalk and get some corn in secret because Israel is now under the oppression of the Midianites. And the beginning of that chapter in Judges says that they had done evil in the sight of God. Could you look around and say about America, about many other places in the world, we have done evil in the sight of God? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. And God released Israel into the hands of the Midianites. And they were suffering. They would plant something. And the Midianites would wait until the crop came up and the stalks of corn were on the, on the vine or the cucumbers were growing or the, or the lettuce was nice and flourishing. And then they would raid the people of God and take everything and leave them starving. That's happening today. It's happening today in our country. You call it, you call it rioting today? They called it raiding back then. Why? Because the people of God had done evil in the sight of God. Okay, I'm bringing it in. I'm bringing it in because when he had a meeting with God, God saw him. God looks at him and says, I'm coming to you because you are humble. How do we know he's humble? Because he said to God, listen, don't choose me. I come from the least tribe of all of Israel. And you can go back and read. I'm just giving you this so you can go back and read Judges. He said, listen, my people, my tribe, they're, not, they're, they're nothing. They're at the bottom. They are at the bottom. They are the minority of all the tribes of Israel. 
And beyond that, my family is the least of my tribe. And you know what God says? I like you. You're the one I'm looking for. You're the one I'm looking for. You know why? We know that he had a, a, a place, a special place for God in his life. Because when the angel appeared to him, when God appeared to him, he says, Well, if you are God, the God of my fathers, who I've been, I've been serving all these years, why have you allowed all of this to happen to us? He had a deep knowledge of this Yahweh. He had served Yahweh, seen that God moved, but he was still questioning, why would you let all this happen? And God says, I'm not going to answer all those questions immediately, but I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose you to fill the gap. I'm going to choose you to fill the breach. I'm going to choose you because you have shown yourself to be vigilant. God took him, scaled down an entire army that started at 32,000 and brought them all the way down to 300. Why? Because he was vigilant about God. Because he, his commitment was not just skin deep. Woohoo! Let me say that again. Because his commitment to God was not just skin deep. It went all the way to his soul. His humility was inside, not a put on. His reverence for God was real and not just when people are looking. It was authentic. If you are here this morning, you're listening to me. And you are saying, God, I want to be vigilant. I want to be like you want me to be so that I can walk in your kind of prosperity, in your kind of blessing. Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. You're sitting, bow your heads with me on TV. And I want you to ask God right now, Lord, help me to be. Help me to be like Second Chronicles 7 and 14. I humble myself before you. I come to you in prayer telling you that I know I am filled with iniquity. And I need your forgiveness. I have made blunders upon blunders upon blunders. And now I'm coming to you and I'm saying... Just speak. You, if you just speak to me, I will listen this time and I will follow you. 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 I come against generational curses. Generational curses of poverty in the name of Jesus. Generational curses of injustice. Generational curses of bad decisions. Generational curses I come against in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for speaking to your people. I have delivered your word. I have delivered your word. I have delivered your word, Lord. If you're listening to me and you have not given your life to Jesus, would you just say with me, Dear Lord, I come to you
as a sinner. I know I need you. I know I've done wrong. I know I need to repent. And so that is what I do right now. I repent of my sin. Please come into my life and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. Would you continue to sing that? I'm going to ask the executive pastor to come. We pushed our communion last week to this week. We've gone over our 12 o'clock normal break time, but I think it is important that we do this in the next five minutes. Just celebrate the fact that Jesus came. Executive Pastor. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask uh, Sammy if he would come and help us serve this morning. And DJ, would you come and help him as well? They'll just go ahead and start serving right away. Then we will partake together. Would you stand with me? Please stand with me. Did we miss anyone? Did we miss anyone? 
Just remain standing. We'll be closing out in just a moment. But I do want to take time to read the passage. For I have just, Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Shall we partake together? After the same manner also, when he had supped, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me for as often as ye drink eat this bread and drink this cup ye do show the Lord's death till he comes you go ahead and partake thank you Father thank you Father for your son being sent into this world to find lost creatures like we used to be and bringing them into the family of God through the blood of your son Jesus father I pray that you would cause us to enter into the blessings that come from partaking of the body and the blood of our Lord I pray that healings will be manifested Lord physical mental spiritual financial relational let all the blessings be released into your people's lives. Those joining us out in the audience online, let them experience the blessing of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye.
want to thank you so much for tuning in with us at times of refreshing with the assembly. We love you. We are looking forward to relaunching physically in July. I believe God's given me the mandate to ramp it up. We will send out uh, sign-up sheets. You will receive it if you're part of our uh, mailing uh, database. You will get a sign-up sheet that identifies the four dates in July, four Sundays. You'll have an opportunity to pick all of them or pick two or pick one. And as each page gets to 50, 50 5-0, it will close down and we will start off the entire month of July with about 50 people in every Sunday service outside of our uh, mature folks, myself and any others that don't have, well, I have a phone and, and email, but for those of us who are using landlines and so on, we will call you directly and give you a direct invite. But we want to start July as the ramp up so that in August we will be able to launch a full family get together with every person that belongs to our church, that visits our church, that needs to be here. We can't wait for that to happen. And so uh, keep a lookout for that on your phone or in your email because it will be coming to you very soon. Thank you again for tuning in with us at times of refreshing at the assembly. God bless you. May the peace of God go with you and the love and the glory of God shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.